Can you hear me? I can hear you. Whoa, I can hear myself too. Correct. Okay. Hello and welcome to today's market update brought to you by Cargill Elevate. I am Jenna Sievers and I am joined today by risk manager Joe Christensen. We are coming to you live from the Commodity Classic. If you are in Houston, please come visit us and say hi at booth 803. We'd love to chat with you. We got our team of Elevate and Region Connect here to talk about markets and a little bit of sustainability. Joe, let's get into it. We saw corn markets green again, which I can say for myself has definitely put me in a better mood. Unfortunately, we did make new lows though on beans and then wheat was a little bit mixed so let's go ahead and get started with corn may of course we've now come off of the march futures month may we ended up about a penny and a half up what are we seeing there on corn what are you looking for as we move forward yeah thanks jenna and great to be here and again would extend the invite to anybody that wants to come by and say hi please stop in we always enjoy talking to to our growers um, yeah, two-sided trade today, as, as you mentioned, corn actually opened up red and, and turned green. Uh, we had export sales out this morning, uh, fairly strong for corn, just over a million metric tons, so on the higher end of the range of what the market was expecting. Um, you know, corn was up strong as much as three or four cents here as the session went on and eventually sold off to, to close up a penny. Um, this was first notice day in terms of, of the corn contract. There were no uh, deliveries intended uh, for corn, so I think that helped a little bit on, on the nearby spreads. And I think overall a positive note, you know, we, we've had three pretty strong sessions on corn, so the fact that we were able to hang on to those gains and that we're not finding selling coming back into the market certainly a positive. We'll see if we can kind of keep this positive momentum uh, going as, as we finish up the week here over the next two sessions and go into next week. Uh, we know the fund has had that record short and has probably started to chip away at that a little bit. Will be interesting to see what the COT report says on Friday. But overall, like you said, it's great to see some green on the board finally after kind of a brutal four to six weeks here of, of, of selling and, and hopefully we can keep this momentum going. Yeah, Joe, it has been really good to see the green. And I know we had some exports out on corn as well that were a little bit better than expected. But unfortunately, again, beans, Brazil is just taking that business today as they are about $1.50 cheaper. So we'll get into beans here. Um, currently off the May, down down five and three quarters is how we ended the day at sitting about 1140. And Joe, I, like, like I mentioned, Brazil is harvesting. And so what kind of pressure are we seeing there? How is the farmer sitting? Give us a little insights of what's going to be affecting beans as we move forward. Yeah, beans were higher for a bit today. It certainly looked like we ran into hedge pressure. You know, Brazil is in the thick of harvest. Uh, we know the Brazilian farmer is, is a little bit behind on marketing and, and probably needs to sell more beans here over the coming weeks. Certainly would expect selling to continue as they get into their final half of, of, of harvest going forward. Um, so beans have a tough road ahead. I, I mean, we are going to see hedge pressure hitting the pit, um, and it's going to make any kind of rally difficult to, to maintain going forward. You know, that being said, we already have taken a lot of the price. We, we know the funds also are carrying a large short in beans too, close to 150,000 contracts. So maybe if we can see some support on grains, maybe, you know, if wheat and corn can kind of continue their strength, that will lend some support to beans too as well. But uh, it's going to be tough sledding just, you know, with that hedge pressure entering the, the pit on, on beans and really, you know, no export demand and, and U.S. still very, very uh, expensive relative to Brazil in the export market here for the coming weeks. You know, exports were on the lower side of, of est estimates for today. 
and don't really see export demand picking up anytime soon, just given that price difference between the U.S. Uh, and Brazil fob prices. So tough road ahead on beans, but hopefully we can get some support from grains here going forward. Yeah, it would be great to see a little bit of support as we move forward on beans, but we still have a little bit of harvest left to go. Um, while we're talking about Brazil, we we didn't get too much into the safrana crop. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know they're planting. When is their main season that we can be watching for? Maybe a little volatility if they have a problem with that crop or what's the timeline there? Yeah, well, right now, um, the Brazilian crop is about uh, 75% planted. Uh, we were hoping we would get a little bit of, uh, you know, volatility coming in from planting, even, you know, uh, given some of the, the challenges they had with the bean crop this year. You know, they were delayed in terms of getting the crop in. Uh, some areas had to be replanted. But uh, weather has been variable, very favorable for, for planting progress on, on Safrinha corn. Uh, looks like they're going to get it in ahead of schedule. It's really important because the end of the safrinha season typically turns quite dry uh, as you get into the end of April and into May. Um, but really, the safrinha crop will start go getting into kind of the peak sensitivity, you know, last half March into April. Uh, you know, warm and dry has been great for a fast planting start, but not so great really for soil moisture reserves. So it will be quite important here in the next two weeks to see how that forecast shapes up for the last half of March. You know, if we stay warm and dry, you know, I think we could see some risk premium come in as soon as, you know, the first half of March in terms of the future starting to reflect that. But still a long ways to go. Weather is always an unknown, you know, that far out, and we'll have to see what, what Mother Nature gives us. Yeah, talking about that, what kind of volatility or what kind of price range would you put on nearby May futures, Joe, if we were to see something, or even downside if we don't? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if we see the funds come back and firmly entrench themselves into selling, certainly potential that we go back and retest the lows of, of you know, that 415 to 410 kind of price range. $4 is, is obviously big psychological support, and, and you have some longer-term support on the continuous chart at, at 390. So, you know, good support, I think, all the way down from here. Um, you know, but certainly I think that first target would really be the previous lows that we made last week on the May contract. When we're kind of looking at upside, you know, we have a little bit of resistance at 433. Um, we kind of went up and flirted with that today and sold back off. Uh, you have more resistance at 440, and then 450 is kind of a big psychological target. So that's kind of what we're looking at short term. If we can get a weather issue in, in Brazil or something to trigger, you know, broader fund short covering, and we break through that 450 price level, that's going to be a big change because we're going to start breaking a lot of the longer term trends and, and, and momentum and maybe that's a signal of a broader short covering rally that we could see hit the market so we're keeping our fingers crossed that, that maybe we can get some risk premium coming back into the market use that hopefully as an opportunity for growers to get caught up on, on some sales and you know also a good opportunity to get some new crop sales on the books as well yeah i couldn't agree with you more we'll have to be patient and see if we can see a problem in brazil that maybe escalate our move up but only time will tell on what the market can give us let's round out with wheat soft red wheat did have a decent day of six up and hard red wheat of course was also up so good to see that what do we think is driving that i know we're dealing with some dryness in the west a little bit of export business on soft red what else are we paying attention to there on the wheat crops yeah well soft wheat's kind of been stuck in this 550 to six dollar price range you know um and really, we're, we're kind of caught in a balance between a tight U.S. carryout, as you, as you alluded to, Jenna, and really, you know, a comfortable global supply situation. We continue to see a lot of wheat coming out of Russia in, into the global market, kind of pressuring uh, global values and, and Matif prices lower. 
But we do have a tight carryout in the U.S. And, you know, we have this export book. China obviously came in for uh, significant business here over the last couple of months, and that's helping keep a bid underneath the market. And then, as you mentioned, you know, weather. Um, it has been dry here in, in the western U.S. and in the HRW-producing region, so we do need to watch that. There is some moisture in the forecast. We need to see if that comes into fruition. If that does perform as advertised, uh, certainly that's going to be a headwind and maybe lead to some pressure in the market. But, you know, it's weather, right? Forecasts always change. We need to see if that actually comes to, um, you know, and how much time is that going to buy the wheat crop. And we also just need to keep in mind, like, it's been very warm. So this crop's going to come out of dormancy earlier. We need to keep an eye on that and see, you know, which also opens up the potential for, for frost risk too. You know, it's crazy to say that, but I think we've seen a, you know, a real cold snap here across most of the U.S. the last couple of days. Probably not enough to do any damage to the wheat crop, but it's going to be something to watch if we get another cold blast here going forward uh, as we get into the month of March. Yeah, I don't think any farmer would be surprised to see a cold snap in March or even into the beginning of April, so we'll definitely have to keep our eye out for that. Joe, thanks for the conversation today. Again, to any Cargill customer, we'd love to have you stop by the booth and say hi, and thank you for your business here at booth 803 at the Commodity Classic. If not, we will have a special episode again tomorrow coming live from Commodity Classic um, on Friday to wrap up the week. To our listeners, thank you for joining in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.